Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here from Osbys. It's December the 15th. It's the day after the Federal Reserve's last interest rate decision of 2022 to go and discuss that and everything else that's happening in markets today. I'm uh, pleased to be joined by Carl Rotter from the Sydney studios. Carl, uh, let's go back to the Fed. Was there any real shock that, uh, that you saw in both the other statement and the press conference from Jerome Powell? I wouldn't have really thought so, to be honest. I mean, that's that's the way that I frame the questions to every guest today. Is that was there anything there that really surprised you? And maybe the only answer that I got was perhaps took a slightly harder and like at the margins, slightly harder line on uh, the inflation story. And you know, the quote being thrown around is, you know, we have some ways to go. But otherwise, I mean, if you really, if we if we go back twenty four hours uh, in, in time and what we were talking about yesterday, fifty, obviously everybody knows. Um, but on top of that, we were talking about that they'll raise the dots, they'll raise their forecasts, they'll commit to bringing down inflation. They did basically I- exactly that. So I'm not too sure how anyone could be too surprised with, with what came out this morning. No, I thought it was a pretty uh, clear cut uh, what the message was. And uh, yeah, the fact that Powell pushed back against uh, this pivot talk is uh, no surprise. No surprise that the uh, terminal rate was uh, was lifted high. The power told us that uh, on several occasions in the lead up to this event. So yeah, I was surprised to go to say with the other uh, market reaction. Of course, it wasn't as volatile as we've seen other other Fed meetings, of course. But uh, it's still saw there's some softness creeping in there. So maybe a bit of disappointment that we didn't get any more softening the language. Uh, clearly, at this point in time, around about another 75 basis points of hikes that are now expected by the Fed. My view today, feel free to go and read, of course, in the newsletter, uh, is just that there are so many hot takes about what's going to go and happen next. You know, the pace of uh, increases coming through, how many we'll see, uh, whether we're going to get uh, rate cuts next year. Uh, My advice to anyone who's an investor is to just ignore so much of the noise at the moment. Unless you're a trader and you want to try and scalp short-term adjustments to positioning, the labor market in particular, the wages side of the equation is going to go and give you so much information as to when the Fed will go and stop and then eventually start to go and cut rates again. Uh, I could not believe, he could not make it any more clear in the statement uh, today when his press conference that uh, that's what he's watching for. There's a mismatch in supply and demand of labor and given the flow on effects to services, uh, inflation, uh, X housing, 55% of the, uh, the inflation basket. That's uh, pretty clear what you've got to look at. That jobs data will tell you when the Fed is going to pause. Not the Fed, not the data, not the projections or the forecast. Yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, Powell has generally been um, trashed during his his um, uh, chairpersonship, or is that how you, how you say it, chairmanship, uh, for his for his poor communication. And you know, we we've had bungles recently, like the trans tree kind of. Um, 
yeah, uh, debacle. But I, I think the last couple of meetings, he's communicated really, really well in terms of the way that the Fed is seeing its rate path going forward and exactly what it's watching for to, to justify any change in its position. And that kind of discussion around services-led inflation, the dynamics um, around that was actually really clearly um, outlined, I think, for the market. So, you know, like you just sort of said, for, for anyone who's sort of willing to listen, that the blueprint has been handed out. Now, you can disagree with effectively their, their thesis, if you will, um, but the way they're thinking, I, I think everyone's on the same page with, or should be anyway, if they're listening. Yeah, no one knows what's what's going to happen next year. And even Powell said that during his press conference, uh, which gives you an insight. That's what they think might go and take place. And uh, clearly, uh, not entirely confident will go and transpire. We know that uh, forecasting is notoriously difficult in even the easiest of times. Well, that's what the Fed did. Now it comes to the aftermath. We saw that there was a late swoon on Wall Street, albeit uh, no managed to go and rally off the other lows that were seen in the final hour of trade. We were soggy from the other get-go. We tried a couple of times to go and push back towards positive territory here in the local market. But in the end, down around about uh, no, uh, 6 tenths of 1%, uh, really offsetting those gains that we saw coming through yesterday. Looking across the other broader market map, it really was a story of just weakness across most sectors by energy and staples. Uh, we saw some pretty pronounced selling in the material space in particular, down 1.35%. Uh, the lithium miners uh, doing not a lot of good work today. Pilbara Minerals uh, had uh, auction uh, to spodumene, uh, no, concentrate auctions, and clearly the price action that was uh, derived from that was not welcomed by the market. So it was down 10.8%. I was looking through the other uh, market map on the benchmark uh, of the other uh, bottom 10 names, seven were linked to batching materials and six of those were lithium. So interesting you know, to go and see that uh, continue to be pretty uh, volatile part of the marketplace outside of uh, those areas of the market. I also saw the likes of Megaport down about 5.8%. Also, Eagers Automotive down 4.3%. Uh, also saw Breville Group off 3.7% as well. A few of those moves were derived by broker activity. When it comes to the other uh, top side, more broker activity at play, this time in the coal space, New Hope and Whitehaven both up around about uh, 5 and 4% respectively. City warming to them after some a recent share price weakness. Black Balls is an interesting one because uh, no news, but up 7.3%. So when I saw that and I saw what was going on in China at the moment, the data that came out today, I thought, well, maybe a whole lot of people are trying to go and stock up on, uh, on the vitamins uh, at this point in time. Uh, what, what did you make, Kyle, about that China data dump that came out? Because uh, it really was horrible. And you made a pretty salient point on our chat here at, uh, at Osbeer's that uh, maybe explains why we saw them go and move so quickly to start opening up. I like your Blackmore's theory, to be honest. Um, everyone's a little bit worried about COVID, so they need their multivitamins, boost their immune system a little bit going into uh, the Chinese Chinese winter and obviously probably a COVID spike. But um, yeah, really, really weak numbers. I mean, I didn't dig into them, to them uh, too, too deeply, but every, every single uh, metric missed expectations and by a fairly significant amount too. And I think the biggest shock might have been the retail sales figures, which, which were off by about 5.9%. So contracted by 5.9% and the forecast was somewhere close to three. So again, you know, I mean, it's so tough to speculate. Everything's so opaque over there um, at the best of times. But, you know, maybe it gives you a little bit of an indication now why um, China is looking to obviously reopen things and shift its policy priorities because, um, you know, if things are, are that tough on the ground as, as being expressed in the data, um, you know, you can't blame, I suppose, policy makers for trying to kind of move ahead of the, the potential civil unrest that could come from, um, you know, what's clearly some pretty tough economic conditions um, in, in China right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, keep a close eye on that. Uh, you know, the commodity complex in response to that, there wasn't a lot of weakness. We're talking about, sounds weird, but uh, you know, only you know, sort of a, a week or two ago where this data is still being derived from uh, is a long time in the scheme of things. So we'll keep a close eye on China. That's going to be one of those key swing factors you'd imagine as we move into the new year. Uh, look, uh, let's go and get to our stock of the day. And uh, we're not going to be talking about uh, a local stock because we had an international share special today, a US equity-centric uh, panel. So David Lane from Audmanet and also Lachlan Hughes from Swell Asset Management came and joined us today and we went and proposed the stock of the day to be Warner Brothers Discovery, as it's now known, and see whether it's worthwhile taking a punt of that. Take a listen. Look, at, at this stage, I, I'm probably a holder of, uh, of, of Warner. I just think um, if you don't own it now, there's no rush to be there. I'd like to see how this is going to play out. Uh, I think it probably, as I said, bodes well for Netflix, but and we own Netflix. But at this stage, if you don't own it, I certainly wouldn't be buying it today. Okay. Given the, the competitive environment that it's in, I wouldn't be investing in it. We've actually, I think it's a sell if, if you've got it. Got it. Um, at this point in time. And there we have it. Uh, yeah, great to go and see some uh, innovation coming through when it comes to uh, the call at the moment. Carl, don't you think? Uh, only last week we had our first ever Bond special, so that got a lot of attention and uh, a lot of great feedback. So I'm pleased to see the, uh, the investment uh, you know, realms that we're dealing in starting to go and expand a bit more beyond the Aussie equity universe because clearly there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Maybe next year we can start going towards building a uh, well-balanced multi-asset portfolio, see how that performs in, instead of just uh, the, the high conviction fund. We can, I don't know, start uh, attracting some investor inflows. There's a, there's a side hustle there for the Ausbiz team. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm keen to go around the hedge fund uh, side of the business. So, yeah, happy to go <laughs> short as well, including individual uh, equities, which I've written about in the past in, in several views. And I uh, know the, uh, the flack that some people are going to get in that space. Look, uh, let's go and wrap it up pretty quickly. Just before we go, of course, we've got some more central bank action to go and round off affairs before the, uh, the markets can really go and put their uh, feet up for the, uh, for the rest of the calendar year. ECB, uh, also BOE. Is there any real shock? Do you think the markets are going to be you know, stunned in some, uh, some big price action? Or do you think that once the Fed's been done and dusted now that um, people might just go and take everything in their stride? Uh, it's important. Um, but, I mean, what do we got? 250 is more than likely from the both of them. And it would be very surprising if they say anything other than, well, we're heading for a severe slowdown and uh, a very weak period of economic ac activity going into next year. So the bar's set reasonably low um, on that one. But... I mean, if we can get get past the risk event, I, I still think we could rally into into the rest of the year just because you'll you'll see a drop in in um in implied volatility. But we'll we'll see. But um, it, it's going to be a looks like it's going to be a fifty from the both of them and and a fairly gloomy outlook provided in the commentary. Yeah, interesting as well. We saw that uh, labor force data out here locally today. Uh, stellar jobs report again. Like no economy. sign of a slowdown whatsoever. Yeah, so uh, that might go and uh, you know, make it a bit interesting for the RBA. I think a lot of people are starting to go move to the view that we'll see a pause in February, including myself. A lot of the spending data starting to go and soften up. It's got to be said. I'll be having a chat with ANZ's economics team tomorrow about mm. some of the trends they're seeing in their real-time data. But yeah, when it comes to our central bank activity, maybe our own RBA isn't done this cycle just yet. A lot of data to go under the, uh, the bridge, though. Uh, before we go and get to that point in early February where they meet again. Look, uh, let's go and wrap it up, Carl. Great again, chat as always, mate. We'll uh, do it for TGIF. Cheers, mate. Have a great night. You too.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.